0: How do we find joy when life feels like a slow-motion apocalypse movie? That's what we're going to talk about tonight.
1: The Cozy Robot
0: Show Hey, Cozy Robots. I'm Mike McCarg, and I have a wonderful message for you. You made it. You made it through another weekend and another week and another Monday. In all that's happening in our world, you've done it, and I'm so glad... You're here, and I'm so excited to talk with you tonight. You know, we talk about difficult things on this program. This is a show about empathetic skepticism. It's about how to relate to our feelings and how to understand the world through critical thinking and bring those things together when so often uh, they don't seem to have anything to do with each other. And um, we're so glad you're here. And as always, after the program, we're going to have our after party for our Cozy Robots. We have a Discord community and we play games together. Uh, Tonight, um, we're probably going to play a trivia game. Probably we might play Among Us. I'll see what people want to do. If you'd like to figure out how to join us, you could do that at CozyRobots.com and coincidentally also help make this show possible on an ongoing basis. Now, I know that most of you... Are not here right now. We have a we have an audience here on YouTube and on Twitch and on Facebook and on Twitter, all at the same time, Um, and that's wonderful. But most people uh, uh, participate in the show on demand later, either as a podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or on Instagram TV. That's great, uh, but we do want to let you know the video content is here and we want to remind you that every week we cut the show into segments and post those individually on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook to make it easier to share and we do that because you've asked us to. And um, gosh, what a good experience we've had uh, in this era of the Cozy Robot Show. So thanks for being here. It's really good to see everybody uh, joining in. And tonight we have a really fun topic. You know, we talk about some heavy stuff here, as I alluded to right up the, at the top of the program, uh, but sometimes we just want to talk about fun things. We want to talk about easier topics, especially when the world is so difficult. And so tonight's program is about feelings, but it's about one feeling in particular, joy, Sometimes you might have heard joy uh, referred to as happiness, but that kind of positive feeling we have in our lives, and that culturally, we spend a lot of time trying to capture. Most people feel or wish that they were happy more often, that they could experience more joy. And in fact, when I grew up, uh, joy versus happiness was was a trope that was discussed constantly Uh, by people in my community. I grew up in a religious community, and so there was a lot of theology about the differences between joy and happiness. And I think there's some interesting soil to uncover in that discussion that is positioned as joy versus happiness, especially when we think about kind of internal versus external factors in our feelings, our circumstances, which we can control or can't control, and our outlook, which we can. Um, But that's not really where I want to talk about joy tonight. Uh, I'm more interested in exploring the fact that joy and happiness, however similar or different they may be, are what? A state that happens in our brain-body system. It's a message that we get from our brain-body system. We'll talk about what that means in a second. The fact that joy is a feeling and feelings have jobs. When we talk about joy tonight, I want to be clear that I'm saying joy in a way that, like, you could use joy and happiness pretty much interchangeably. It's that pleasant feeling of happiness. Sometimes when we feel joyful or happy, it's like a pleasant kind of contentment. Other times, it has an element of pleasure or elation. And when I'm talking about either of those things, I'm talking about joy in either way whether we're talking about a pleasant contentment or something more intensely pleasurable, we are talking about a feeling. We are talking about an emotion that happens in our bodies. And that's an important distinction because anything we feel in our bodies, we feel for a reason. All of our feelings belong. We talk about that a lot on this program. And so if we're going to talk about joy I think that we've got to talk about why our body creates joy, why our bodies create happiness, and why it seems so hard to kind of chase down that happy feeling. Gosh, happiness is wonderful. It's almost addicting. We'd like to feel happy all the time, and yet when we try to do that, we seem to feel less happy. I mean, I think about, right, I live in the United States, probably obvious from my accent. And when the founders of this country wrote a document called the Declaration of Independence, they said that humans have some inalienable rights. And they listed three as examples, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So these, these people writing in the 1770s named, they didn't say a right to life, liberty, and happiness. They said the pursuit of happiness, and I think that's that's telling. It seems like for a long time, humans have understood that joy is a hard feeling to maintain. Why? Well, joy is a feeling, and feelings have jobs. We've talked about that a lot on this program. We've mainly talked about anger and sadness and fear, because those are challenging feelings. Those are difficult feelings. And a lot of people have dysfunctional relationships with their feelings of anger or sadness or fear based on their life circumstances, the socialization they went through in their family systems and with their peers. When someone got angry, it was frightening. And so we might have a dysfunctional relationship with anger, or we might have been told that we can't be sad That sadness is a feeling we're not allowed to have. And so we start to feel anger instead of sadness. This is an emotional dysfunction. I'm not casting judgment here. It happens to all of us. It's part of how we survive. Don't hear that word dysfunction as casting a judgment on our feelings. I'm talking about our relationship with our feelings. But it turns out, anger has a job. Anger lets us know that something's threatening in our environment. Sadness has a job. It lets us know that something is challenging in our environment that's not an immediate threat to our survival. Fear has a job. It tells us there's something dangerous in our environment that we should probably run away from. And joy is a feeling with a job. And that job is to tell us that something good happened and we should try it again, which means by design, the way we evolved to feel happy, If we felt happy all the time, happiness wouldn't work in changing our behaviors and motivations. It is structurally in our brain-body systems for happiness to come and then to go. And so when we try to be happy and joyous all the time, we set expectations that our bodies can't match, which makes us feel disappointed or even sad. Isn't it ironic that our bodies can sustain sadness almost indefinitely? But happiness is something that just comes for a few moments. That's by design because of the way they motivate you. When you're sad, you don't want to be sad anymore. When you're happy, what? You want to be happy again. Now, that's not to say that our emotional center of gravity must be sadness or anxious. Or fear or worry, even though that's a place we spend a lot of time in our feelings, it doesn't have to be where we live. Our bodies can sustain feelings of contentment or satisfaction, or something psychologists call core state, when we feel calm and curious and open. When we learn to relate to our feelings, that state of being, that contented core state, can be there for us most of the time. It's just we can't be happy all the time. And so when we learn to accept that happiness is fleeting or temporary, ironically, it helps make more space for happiness in our lives. When we accept that we can't be happy all the time, we find that we can feel more happy more often which I just think is both amazing and and kind of a bummer. I mean, isn't isn't it challenging to be a human being? And, of course, we really can't talk about happiness or joy in 2020 without acknowledging just how hard life is right now all over the world. It is a very frightening time. And during the stress that we have of quarantines and lockdowns and widespread social irresponsibility, it can be hard to feel any joy. There's so much legitimately to feel afraid of. There's so much legitimately to feel angry about. There's so many legitimate reasons to feel worried or anxious. And so that means during this moment of history, we have to make room for joy. There's no space in our lives for joy unless we create the space for it. So how do we do that? That's the, that's the main thing I want us to understand tonight. Later on the program, we're going to talk to Ali Spagnolia, who is a very, very, very talented artist who creates joy in her life and in the lives of others through her work. But right now, I'd like to talk about what you could do to create joy in your life. It turns out this is well-understood territory in the sciences. And there's a number of things researchers tell us can help create space for joy in our lives that don't immediately seem to have any connection with the experience of joy. So here's a few things that You can try to create joy in your life. First, you can create boundaries between your working time and your leisure time. We're finding in research that when we blur the boundaries between work and leisure, we work less well and we don't enjoy our leisure time. So setting boundaries around communication and working hours help our body systems achieve a state of equilibrium, and set us up for the capacity to feel joy. When we work all the time, guess what happens? We stay activated. We stay neurologically aroused, and there's no room for our brains to experience joy. We can establish and maintain boundaries in our relationships. This is something that so many of us were not taught to do. And so we get wrapped up in trying to manage other people's for feelings for them and trying to get other people to manage our feelings for us. And that gets in the way of our capacity to experience joy. We can set up spaces even when we're in lockdowns and quarantines devoted to different tasks. My bedroom has a bed and that bed is for sleeping. I don't read there and I don't work there. I sleep there. I'm sitting in this chair right now this is where I work, is where I make the Cozy Robot show, and that's different than the space that I sit with my family. And even if you live in a one-room studio apartment with other people, you can still designate different areas of that room for different tasks. Your living room can or your your, your couch and TV area can be for kind of leaning back and watching television, but you can move a table and roll out a yoga mat to give your brain a signal that now It's time to exercise, and when we regiment our spaces that way, believe it or not, it makes it easier for our bodies to create joy for us. Routine is actually really important to our body systems, and in this time of history, routine is pretty hard to maintain. Did you know that people often feel happier when they establish and stick to a routine sleep schedule? Can you believe that? that just going to bed and getting up around the same time every day makes people feel happy more often, as does, believe it or not, nutritious eating. Now, this one seems wrong to me (laughs) because, let me tell you, we have these little Hershey Kisses that Jenny got that are hot cocoa flavored, and they are exquisite. I mean, they taste just like hot cocoa. They make me so happy when I eat one. But if I ate them all the time, I'll I'll interfere with my body's capacity to experience joy, proper nutrition. Now, don't hear me giving a message about diet culture. I don't believe in that stuff. I think it's harmful psychologically and from a public health perspective. But putting nutrition into our body is something I do think is important. And researchers tell us help us to feel joyous more often, as does moving our bodies. I mean, right now, I live in Los Angeles, and we have a a stay-at-home order, kind of almost a shelter-in-place order, as we're running out of ICU space in our hospitals. And one of the things we're not allowed to do right now in L.A. is walk outside for exercise. That's how many COVID cases there are. But I can still move my body in my home and around my very small garden. And I do simple things. I do stretching exercises. Uh, I like to kind of squat down on the ground and pretend I'm picking things up and stand up and do that a few times. Just things that move my body. I like to take deep belly breaths while stretching and moving. Those things help me continue to move my body, which helps me to feel joy. We can learn to ask what we need from other people state what we need clearly instead of implying it. That has something to do with that setting boundaries I talked about earlier. And then there's two more. And I think of all the things on this list, these are the most important. We can be kind and patient with ourselves. The kind of heavy expectations we put on our own life experiences and our own performance really gets in the way of our ability to feel happy. And I've learned, and it's hard learning, but I've been learning for the last couple of years to be kind and as patient with me as I am with other people, and I have found that that does unlock room for joy and happiness in my life, as does this last one. We can make room for our feelings and give our feelings the space to process them. Because what we've been trained to do by our culture is try to numb difficult feelings. The world is so scary right now that we feel fear. There's so many frustrating things in the world that we feel angry. There's so many things that we've lost and we feel sad and we don't like those feelings. So we try to numb them. There's lots of ways we numb feelings. We can numb feelings with food and substance abuse. We can numb feelings with media consumption. We can numb our feelings with uh, cracking jokes. There's all kinds of defense mechanisms we use to numb our feelings. But when we numb our feelings, the difficult ones, our bodies can't differentiate between the difficult feelings and the ones we want to experience. And so we find often that as we learn to numb away sadness and fear and anger, joy starts to get distant. Even our ability to feel sexual joy and satisfaction and arousal can start to feel different. They start to feel numb too. So if we want to experience joy based on the composition of our brains, we have to allow ourselves to access all of our feelings, make room for them in our lives. In order to feel joy, in order to laugh fully, We also have to cry. We have to be afraid. And we have to be angry. And we have to learn to accept that all of our feelings have jobs. And that when we let them do what they're supposed to do, which is give us information about our environment and we listen, we find that our feelings start to show up. But in ways that don't overwhelm us. But instead inform enlighten and motivate us. I'd like to talk some about how we can put joy into our lives whenever we want. Joy happens in our brain-body systems. It's not solely due to external circumstances. Of course, we feel happy when we get good news. Of course we feel happy when we get social validation or affirmation, of course we do. But it's also possible for us to cultivate an internal joy, a joy that we control. One thing I like to do, and this is really simple, is I like to identify, I write down and journal positive memories, little moments in my life that I felt great, one in particular, uh, I have a, a recording on my phone when my daughter Macy was just learning to talk, and she was giving this speech, um, uh, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to understand. Um, she wasn't quite all the way through syntax yet, but in the middle of her story, she went, I love you, Daddy. And every time I think of that little voice saying, I love you, Daddy, I get this flood of joy and affection in my body every time. And so I'll take memories like that and I'll write them down. And in a moment where I need some joy, I'll close my eyes and just try to picture that memory as vividly as I can in terms of what I can see and hear, taste and smell and touch at all five senses. And I visualize that moment, and that can really help. But a lot of people know about that kind of going to a happy place meditation, so I thought I would like to introduce you to one maybe you haven't done before that's a little more abstract um, but still wonderful because if we just keep tapping the same memories over and over, we can kind of get used to it, get accustomed to those memories, and our brains can... Kind of stop responding. So if you get to a place where your visualization meditations are, you know, they're you're just kind of in a rut with them, I wanted to give you another strategy you could try. And uh, this one is is different. This is called a color-breathing meditation. And they're designed to help us explore feeling. Here's how it works. I want you to imagine joy. Just imagine happiness. And then I want you to imagine a color that represents happiness. Now, we've got a lot of overachievers who are cozy robots. And so you might want to be – you might want to try to pick the perfect color. And I just want to let you know that's impossible. There is no perfect color. Whatever color feels happy to you is a good color and you might find a a better color for you at another time but i would just encourage you to kind of like go with the the first or second impulse you get in terms of a color that feels happy i'm doing it right now and i don't know i'm getting like a really bright yellow Mm, what a great yellow that is that seems happy to me And then like you would with any meditation, we can try this right now if you're in a a space where it's physically safe for you to do so, I'd encourage you just to get comfortable. Just kind of get comfortable where you're seated. And as you do that, close your eyes. Just start to relax. I want you to breathe deeply and slowly. And as you breathe, sometimes when we breathe, our shoulders go up and down. And if that's happening, I want you to notice that. And I want you to try to lower your shoulders. And as you breathe, I want you to try to make your belly go in and out instead of your shoulders going up and down. So just like you're inflating a balloon down in, your, in, in the, the bottom of your belly. And as you continue to breathe, that deep breathing, not hyperventilating, Just a deep breathing. I'd like you to visualize the color that you chose, that happy color for you. And I want you to continue to breathe while just holding that color in your thoughts. You might kind of see a suggestion of that color in your mind's eye. You might just hold on to the idea of that color. Everyone's internal mental experience could be different, could be unique, and that's okay. Just whatever that means to you, Hold the color in your mind. Now, as you do that, with each inhale, I want you to imagine your chosen color just slowly washing over your body, starting at the top of your head and going down to the bottom of your feet. Every time you breathe in, that color begins to wash over you. In it goes, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And continue breathing as you visualize the color filling up your entire body all the way to your fingertips and toes. You're just getting filled with that happy color. Now I'd like you to imagine that every time you exhale, unwanted, difficult emotions are draining out of your body. And you replace those colors. You replace those unwanted, difficult feelings with happiness, with joy. You might even choose a, a color to represent the unwanted feeling. I've got this yellow with my inhales coming in and this blue kind of draining away as I exhale. And just for a moment, continue that cycle. Happy color washing in. Unwanted feelings draining out. And you can continue this process as long as you'd like to, as long as it feels good, as it feels supportive. You might feel lightened and lighthearted and peaceful in as little as 20 or 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes. And just continue as long as you'd like to inhale that happy color and exhale the feelings that are challenging. Even as I've narrated this for you, I've experienced that peace and that joy. And whenever you're done, just kind of gently return your attention away from that color back to your breath and back to your body, although I can kind of imagine there's a a hue or a glow that remains even as I open my eyes and even as I return my attention to my surroundings. Anytime you need a break, anytime you'd like to experience joy, color breathing is there for you. The Cozy Robot Show would not be possible without our sponsors. And tonight I'd like to tell you about NordVPN. The internet's a scary place. I know. I used to work in information technology. And because I'm tech savvy, I constantly have friends and family reaching out to me for help. Why? Because they got hacked. Or because malware was put on their computer somehow or their identity was stolen. They say, Mike, help me. What can I do? And I spend a lot of time helping friends and family to secure their digital lives. And one of the things I use, one major tool in my toolkit is VPNs. Why? VPNs help secure your internet connection, especially in moments where you're not sure if your internet connection is safe or not. Think about public networks like coffee shops or airports. A VPN encrypts all of your traffic, hides it from everyone around you, can even hide your traffic from your Internet service provider, making what you do online only visible to the servers you visit and your VPN provider. Now, NordVPN offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's how sure they are that you're going to enjoy a faster and more secure internet experience with no data logging and 24-7 customer support for up to six devices that can be running Windows, macOS, Linux, iOS, Android, and any mix of those. It can give you unlimited bandwidth and really fun a Chrome browser extension, which is a really lightweight and quick way to secure your browsing in seconds. And they've got a special holiday deal just for listeners of the Cozy Robot Show. Every purchase of a two-year plan will get you four additional months free. So give the gift of secure internet browsing to yourself and others this year by going to nordvpn.com cozyrobots and use our coupon code COZYROBOTS at checkout. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash COZYROBOTS and use the coupon code COZYROBOTS at checkout. And as you have a secure browsing experience, why not get Improved Mental Health online as well? BetterHelp, one of a, a longtime sponsor of this program. You can join with over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. BetterHelp is simply the easiest and most convenient way I know of to get mental health support. And that mental health support comes from licensed professional counselors who specialize in the kinds of things we face in life. Family conflicts, trauma, anger, sleep issues, relationships, stress and anxiety, depression, grief, self-esteem issue. BetterHelp is perfectly adapted to this era of lockdowns and social distancing. Although I used it before the pandemic, because who wants to go fight for a parking spot just to go get mental health support? Because you connect with your BetterHelp counselor through text, chat, video calls, or phone calls. Any way that works for you works for your therapist. And the best thing about BetterHelp, in my opinion, is the fact that you go fill out a questionnaire and then they find a licensed counselor that specializes in the type of challenge you're facing so you don't have to do the work of finding a therapist, which stops a lot of people, frankly, from seeing therapists. I use BetterHelp every day, and you can join me. You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash CozyRobots. Again, that is BetterHelp.com slash CozyRobots. I am really excited about this one. Uh, You know, Victory and Tanner, who kind of work with me every week to talk about what we're going to talk about on the program. We take your suggestions, and then we try to figure out who we should have on for different shows. And they were asking me of kind of a dream guest list. If I could have anybody on the program, who would it be? And uh, one of the names I gave them specifically to talk about joy was Ali Spagnola, thinking there was no way... Allie would join me on the program. She doesn't know me. Most of the people we have on the Cozy Robot Show are literally friends of mine, people I know. And uh, so I thought, there's no way, you know, Allie's accomplished and and successful artist uh, would want to join me on my little little Cozy Robot Show. Uh, But (laughs) she did. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation about how to cultivate joy in life um, that I hope you enjoy as much as i did so here's ali spagnola and our conversation about joy hey ali welcome to the cozy robot show hi thanks you know i was reflecting as i frantically searched my house for my power hour usb shock drive <laughs> how long i've been following your work am i remember correctly that's like a circa 2011 yeah
1: it's you're dating me now yeah wow that's incredible you have one of those i love it
0: (laughs) i do you know i I don't remember exactly i think i came across you on twitter Mm -hmm. and you were posting these like one minute long songs and they were so much fun oh my gosh they were so much fun And then you started, I'd never heard of someone releasing an album on USB before, so my mind was blown. (laughs) You can drink out
1: of my album. You can
0: drink out of it. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like everything you look for. That When I try to explain to people who you are and what you do, it's actually not easy. I mean, you do a good job of it yourself, but for anyone who's watching or listening right now who's not familiar with your kind of very unique lane in the world of media, how do you describe what you do?
1: Yeah, it's rough. And I think to a fault, it's hard to put me in a box, which makes marketing a little difficult. But yeah, I'm a musician and also I do interesting DIY and (laughs) (laughs) I started out with this drinking game show that you were mentioned, but really it's, it's, I just try and make cool stuff all across the Mm -hmm. internet. That's what I say.
0: And really cool stuff. Um, there is one video you made that's like the pop wall, I think you called it.
1: Oh, yeah. My my fidget
0: wall. Your fidget wall. Yeah. I was enthralled with that video. It was almost meditative watching those little fidget poppers spread across the space. I ended up watching one of my daughters who was equally like, it, I don't know. It was just kind of like Zen almost.
1: <laughs> I know it's so cool. And it's such a bummer right now that like being around people isn't okay because all I want to do is like, let other people play with it and touch it and experience it. Although I'm working with pop now. And I, and as soon as we're allowed to be around other humans, I, mm-hmm. I I'm probably going to be doing a, a big installation so everybody can get that experience too. <laughs>
0: you, you have a, a really strong, Artistic sensibility. you are definitely got a a very multi-platform, multimedia, uh, the combination of being a musician and doing things. um, They really seem like visual art pieces to me. Um, They certainly have a a striking aesthetic. Um, And what I've noticed as pandemic land just rolls on and on, and I have like good weeks and bad weeks, and okay, I can... I can handle this. I can catch up on some things that I wouldn't have done otherwise, or I can barely get out of bed because I haven't seen anyone in person since February. Um, you do a remarkable job communicating and cultivating a sense of joys. There has been many days when I have felt down and out, and I've run across a post of yours on YouTube or on Twitter, and it's put a smile on my face and it's made me feel just good as a person. And since we're talking about joy on the Cozy Robot Show today, that's why I wanted to have you on. I wanted to like see what we can get from your brain about how to experience joy. And I'm curious, like, what have you learned about joy in the process of helping others so frequently feel it when they encounter your work?
1: I guess it is... That sharing moment, the fact that you are expressing that to me makes me feel better too. And when I first started making things and, you know, putting stuff on Twitter, I would say that, you know, my initial instinct is just to be like, hey, look what I did and and make cool stuff so people can see it. But really, I've come to realize it's more about that connection Mm -hmm. and about Yeah, hopefully making someone's day just a little bit better Mm. with a joke or music or just making people feel valued. I guess Mm. if I could reach every one of my audience members, I would just like to say, you are cool. You should feel like an awesome person because you totally are. And nothing outside will give you that indication. Just please have that within you. You know,
0: it's interesting you say that. Because I was also reflecting how often music uniquely embodies celebrity culture and the division between performer and audience. And frankly, I think a huge part of how the music industry and music branding is structured is we elevate the people whose music we listen to as heroes. Mm -hmm. And what I've always noticed about you as a performer is the way that it feels inclusive, And participatory, I I will say it's pretty obvious I'm not a very cool person. Like, how dare you? (laughs) You're awesome. Strong dad vibe (laughs) going on. But when I started following you, I felt cooler. Like I don't quite know how to explain it. You um, you kind of take your cultural innovation and share it with the audience as opposed to using it to elevate yourself. Is that something you do intentionally?
1: I've thought about this a lot, actually. So when I was younger, and (laughs) and I'm honestly impressed that you're picking up on all of this, or just the fact that you're considering me a visual artist, I really appreciate that. But yeah, I remember thinking, like, seeing NSYNC or Britney Spears walking the red carpet, and the coolest part of celebrity to me was that they could shake someone's hand over that velvet rope and make them feel special at that moment, Mm -hmm. that they... If they had elevated themselves, but then their opinion mattered or their attention mattered and they could share that with other people and make them feel good. And so if I ever wanted the power of celebrity, it was only to be able to do that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful notion. I mean, But still,
1: I want people to think I'm cool because if I, (laughs) I've actually, yeah, I've made some videos about this, but if I'm cool, then I can then delegate cool to you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And as you delegate cool and as you achieve cool, you also – there's something I wonder a lot when I watch video. Like when you do these kind of one-woman band videos, which are just delightful, like some of my favorite things. Also, one of the reasons I would refer to you as a visual artist is it almost seems like compositionally, as you go about thinking about how you are going to play a song, you are simultaneously thinking about how to create a visual Presentation of what is traditionally and exclusively an auditory medium. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Everything you play, because you, number one, can play what every instrument? How many instruments do you play? <laughs>
1: I can play the piano and then fake it really well on everything else, I guess. <laughs> I don't okay, know. I started piano playing an instrument.
0: Really well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have have definitely seen you playing drums, and they mm-hmm. look like you're playing them. It doesn't look like you're faking them. Well, I guess my middle school drum teacher would agree with you. So I've been,
1: I've okay, been doing that one for We've so <laughs> just
0: got a lot of humility happening here. What I'm saying is I've watched your videos. I am a musician, and I can tell when someone is just pantomiming an instrument versus performing on it. And you seem to play, and... A truly intimidating number of instruments. <laughs> anyway, but as you play, as you sing, um, you always have the most joyous expression on your face. And like I, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm an adult with autism spectrum disorder. And um, when I started writing books and going to book signings, and people would ask to take a picture with me, it made me very uncomfortable. And so there's a lot of pictures of me kind of doing this in a photo. That's your right. look. <laughs> so my uh, my literary agent told me to go to the mirror and practice a smile. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I could like perform when someone took a selfie with me. And uh, so I did that. And because of that, I'm like, really, I feel like pretty attuned to what a, a projected or a put on smile looks like. And when you're playing and singing, there is this apparent light of joy it, it, do you experience that as you're recording that media and how if so like how do you sustain that over <laughs> take after take after take after take because I no know way. you're not doing that stuff at one take there's no way
1: yeah well what you're seeing is the best take and so obviously I'm like yes I am <laughs> nailing it oh oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first, I do want to go back because I'm just honored to have such a deep intelligent dive into my work. Thank you. Uh, I used to, uh, I be a dancer actually. And the fact that I can manipulate the music to the visual just is so much fun for me. And I would like choreograph mu- dances in college And I'm always interested in in program music, where you kind of write the music to tell the story that goes along with the visual. And so there are even times in my most recent music video where I really wanted to have a close-up on actually a can opening because I just made music out of playing, playing music from cans and it wasn't in the song, but I was able to go back and sort of percussively add that in because then it would match with the visual. And so when you, when the fact that you recognize that, Oh, I want the piano to unfold into the guitar, into the saxophone here. And then I'm thinking about it as a music video, as I'm composing it, it really cool. Mm. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really cool to watch.
1: But to say that, a lot of times it is really frustrating, I, wow. and I and it, it is a lot of work. And the end product is me just spreading joy, but certainly there is there is effort and bullcrap behind the scenes that I don't show. Mm. But I think a part of that is the joy too, like the the way I get my stress out or deal with difficult things is to really dive into my work. Mm. So that helps me be joyous, even if, you know, messing with whatever this synth is not doing for me right. is frustrating at the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: That, that you know, you kind of naturally segued into something else I was curious about. When you're not composing music or not making a video, do you have any practices for cultivating joy in your life? And if that has changed during the pandemic, how so?
1: Uh, I love working out
0: I guess that still mm-hmm. counts as my
1: job because I have a fitness channel, but I am exceptionally passionate about that. I was thinking about that this morning, actually, because I was just on a walk and I went past like an auto body shop, but I like got excited internally without recognizing why. And mm-hmm. it was because there was a pile of tires and I thought about flipping them over. That's how much <laughs> I'm into working out. I was like, Ooh, those look heavy. That would be fun. And then after the fact, realize like, wow, that's, I get that much joy from lifting Mm. stuff.
0: Mm. Well, you know, when we think about people who are intuitive and emotional or intellectual, and we use those kind of categories and labels for people, which are, I think, enculturated and not really endemic to people necessarily. We tend to think of those as very either heady activities or heart. We'll, We'll use heart as a proxy for, you know, Feelings, and I've been reflecting a lot lately and learning how much our bodies play a role in our feelings and the emotional experiences that we have. Um, and I've, yeah, I've got a pretty good meditative practice, and I've got, um, I've done a lot of trauma therapy work and a lot of emotionally focused therapies, and I haven't done a lot of exercise. And I'll confess, I've seen some videos of yours where you are doing. I believe they're called deadlifts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the feeling I fear is is, is fear, is terror. I'm like, <laughs> this giant bar full of weights is going to s- fall on and crush this person or like break your b- it looks so dangerous, but like I've seen you do those deadlifts before, and then turn to the camera and you're just Glowing, and I've thought in those moments like, "Wow, I wish I liked exercise." <laughs> 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 There's something happening there. Yeah. Could, uh, how is there? How did you discover joy through exercise and activity like that?
1: I think a big part of that, the joy that you're probably seeing in those specific videos, is that working out has become a game for me, and mm-hmm. it's not just working out. I gamify a lot of my life and just want to see progress, but the easiest way to do that is through the exact numbers that are on that barbell from day to day. That's It's like the most simple gamification of life is, is lifting. And so when I get that extra five pounds over my head for the first time, holy crap, that's cool. And all of those days of working hard and maybe being a little risky <laughs> or just being nervous but being safe lead up to Achieving that, and then you have an exact number, and you can write that down higher than the number before, and, and mm. that's what that's the joy you see.
0: Mm. Is, uh, and I'm being sincere, I don't know, I know basically nothing about exercise or any sport. That's where my knowledge just I revert to zero. <laughs> is deadlifting de- it looks dangerous, is it?
1: So, deadlifting is one where you just lift right off the ground up to yeah.
0: your hips, basically. Okay, that and, is the wrong thing. I'm talking about okay. when you like of overhead. Way high. Yeah. Olympic lifting. It's terrifying.
1: Sure. You can hurt yourself, but it's way less dangerous than it looks, especially if you have good form and, and work up to heavy weights versus just like pushing yourself too far. And that, I mean, I do it alone. So there, I, there's not something that you need to concern about somebody spotting me or anything like it, of course there is risk with putting weight over your head, but I feel as though I have the sense to be, you can just like let go and get out of the way. The, the mm. plates that I use are really big. So if I just, they're called bumper plates for that reason. If you fail, you can just step away and it'll fall to the ground and nothing will happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just got like nervous chills thinking about it.
1: <laughs> I hate that. I'm your exposure to working out because it doesn't have to be that insane and intimidating. I, I went on a an hour walk today, and I consider that working out. That could be your first I step into it. I love,
0: I've run a marathon. I mean, I like I I can do acting um,
1: like you don't work or, out. That's incredible.
0: Well, and I messed my back up. I you know I used to try to do um uh like wor- like muscle workouts and yeah. weightlifting, and I would go to these gyms that, that had like the I guess they're called interval pro inter- interval programs. You do a thing, then another thing, then another yeah, thing, yeah, and, like, mixes. it mixes. A... Yeah. And I kept passing out. Wow. You went hard. Uh, well, not that hard. And then we only found out, it, it happened several times. I was like, I just can't do this because I'm not in shape. Found out years later, I have narcolepsy. I was having cataplectic events. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> So, yeah, I'd have to be real careful uh, because <laughs> I would drop the bar on my head. But right. um, what other kind of – I mean, you said you like to flip tires. What? Uh, I'm completely and genuinely curious. Like what are the things you do with your body that bring you joy?
1: <laughs> I just actually got a heavy bag, so I'm excited about that. I used to do Muay Thai kickboxing, and it's been so long since you could go into a gym and breathe heavily with a bunch of people and punch So, um, I got lucky. I moved into a new place and my landlord just had this heavy bag sitting out that he's like, was going to throw out. It's just sitting out there. And so now I get to use it. He's like, yeah, no problem. You can.
0: So that's like those big bags mm -hmm. with the, like even a little attachment on the bottom too. Am I, am I thinking of the right
1: thing? Yeah. The one that I have goes all the way to the ground so I can kick it too, which is adds to the joy. (laughs) You (laughs) can use your whole (laughs) body to just attack. That's marvelous and then i bike a lot to to get around i like that for okay. uh, commuting
0: and you're in the la area right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i get really nervous here with the air quality sometimes
1: i know for a while i was wearing a respirator the kind that you would use when you're spray painting mm-hmm. when it was when there were all those um fires going on you could smell the fire i was wearing that outside all the time
0: mm. well i just want you to know I adore everything you do. Uh, You you know, my work is in mental health and there has been days where the thing that got me through the day was something that you made uh, that just brought some light and some energy and some joy and who you are comes through so apparently in everything you make. And I'm curious if there's anything that you might be working on now or released recently that you'd like to tell everyone watching and listening about.
1: (laughs) Thank you, by the way. You saying that is getting me through this day. <laughs> it's awesome to connect with you. Yeah, really. And yeah, if you want to go check out, because I was alluding to this song that I made using sounds from cans. I just put that on YouTube. I limited myself to only a can of hard seltzer and used that to make a whole cover of Don't Stop Believing." by Journey.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but now I can't wait. And so if you'd like to watch along with me, just go right below this video if you're watching or to the uh, podcast uh, show notes in any podcast player, there'll be a link where you can check out that Don't Stop Believing can cover as well. It's Thanks, It's been Mike. a lot to talk with you today, Allie. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I felt a little joy watching that conversation again. <laughs> so interesting, the way different things bring different people joy. You know, I think if I uh, tried to find joy in strength training, I would find uh, <laughs> a back injury and and maybe maybe some unhappiness and. You know, I bet if some of you were to uh, sit down and hyper-focus on scientific papers for a few hours, maybe that wouldn't bring you joy the way it brings me joy. And we all do different things in life. We have different interests, and yet we can all share in common that there are those things that when we make the time and we make the space, that we experience joy. So friends, I hope You find more space for joy in your life. I hope you find a way to cultivate the room for happiness in your brain and in your body. Thanks so much for watching the show today and joining us. I'd like to remind you that if you'd like to keep up with what we're doing, you can like and subscribe on YouTube or whatever social channel you might be watching or listening on right now. Of course, I'd like to make a shout-out to all our cozy robots if you'd like to help make this show possible. Visit CozyRobots.com and you can join our community. Ten minutes after the program ends, I'll be with the Cozy Robots in the after party. And this program is made by the most talented and supportive team in the entire world. So I'd like to thank each and every Cozy Robot. Our producers, Tanner Hearn, Victory Palmisano, and Greg Nordine. Madison McCarg and Macy McCarg wrote and recorded the cozy robot theme song and transition music. Production support has been provided by Andrew Galucki. Social media manager is Grace Vaughn. Production support and my assistant is Caitlin Hermstad. Designed by Sydney Smith. Motion graphic design by Landon Satterfield. Set design by Jesse Lane. Interiors, wardrobe stylist and craft services, Jenny McCarg. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to see you again next week. Take care, friends. The Cozy Robot Show.